What do you do with your business when your personal life has gone into crisis mode? Let's talk about it. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. This is a subject that I've been meaning to talk about for a while now, but I've been putting it off <laughs> because it's hard. Crises are hard. Um, when there's hard stuff going on in your life, inside or outside of your business, whether it's health or circumstances or I don't even know. What do you do with your business when, when you are the business and you are incapacitated somehow or other, physically, emotionally, mentally, what do you do? So this is what we're going to talk about today. I have five things to share with you for what to do when a crisis hits. Um, these are not the only things to do, but I, these, you know, when I was thinking about it, um, these were the five things that jumped out at me. So as someone whose personal life has melted down in spectacular fashion, not once, but multiple times, I'm not going to say I'm uniquely qualified to talk about this, but I've lived through this multiple times and I've watched other people walk through this as they navigate their own crises. So I thought, you know, it's the, <laughs> it's the lazy, hazy days of summer. So let's talk about depressing stuff, right? <laughs> but anyway, five things to do when a crisis hits. The first thing to do is to assess the situation. What do you need to get through? What limitations are you facing? Where are you in the timeline? Because sometimes you're right at the beginning and you know. Like when when I was I was pregnant with my first child and my my then husband decided that he wanted a divorce, I was right at the beginning. Right? So it was a shock. And it was devastating and I was right at the beginning. So I had to make a plan to survive this. There are other times um, when maybe you don't realize, maybe it's a, um, I think it was Brittany Bullen who was sharing about, um, she had a mental health crisis recently. Um, and I know other people who have been dealing with depression, debilitating anxiety, um, bipolar disorder, all, you know, the kinds of mental illnesses that can make you make decisions that you wouldn't make otherwise. Um, and then they go through these phases, not realizing that they're, that they're in a crisis, um, until they've come through it and everything has stabilized. And now it's time to figure out where do we go from here? Like, how do I how do I fix this? Can I fix this? What can be salvaged and what needs to um, be put away? <laughs> so assess the situation, assess where you are on the timeline, and then decide what you need um, to do moving forward in terms of do you go into survival mode? Do you go into um, limp along mode? You know, do you, is most of the crisis in front of you or is most of it behind you? And now you have to deal with the fallout. That's what I mean by assess the situation. Um, the next thing 
well, I want to add a little bit more to that. When you are in a crisis, when you are facing it, and you're trying to figure out what do I do right now? Like, what do I do next? Where do I go from here? There is a time to push through and to stick with this freelancer business, um, you know, to try to make some modifications and keep going uh, in terms of your business. And there is a time to stop and to pull back and to say, you know, it's been nice working with you, but I have to step away for a while. Um, so there's a time to push and there is a time to continue maybe with modifications. Usually if it's really a crisis, then there will need to be modifications. I can't tell you when it makes sense to push through and when it makes sense to, to pull back, but your emotional reactions can be a really good guide. I find that people tend to have pretty good intuition. And so gauge your response as you think about different approaches, gauge your emotional response in your gut and use that as valuable data. Um, the other thing to think about is what is your responsibility? You know, what is yours to own and what is yours to let go? Um, and by that, I mean, if you're doing damage control, what do you need to own? What do you need to apologize for? Even if it's, I'm really sorry, I dropped the ball. And what are the kinds of things that are not your responsibility to carry? For example, if I feel like I need to let a client go, but I feel guilty because I know that they have a launch coming up, you know, or I know that we just started this new project and I feel bad walking away. Ultimately, that client's business is not my responsibility. Certainly, I feel responsible to do my job and that sort of thing, but I cannot in good conscience recommend that people continue to cause damage to themselves out of a sense of guilt or obligation that is more than is necessary. That's why we have contracts. We have contracts in part to spell out what happens if one of us needs to quit. Because in the beginning, we don't plan on needing to quit. It's like when you get married. You don't, you don't get married expecting to get divorced later on. Most people don't. Um, you don't take on a client expecting to quit, you know, two months in or whatever. But that's what the contract is for. It spells out what happens in those difficult situations before the difficult situations happen so that it's easier to navigate when it comes. So make sure that you are taking responsibility for what's yours to own, but don't take responsibility for things that are not your jurisdiction. Oh, what will they do? How will they ever find someone to replace me? That's, it's thoughtful of you to be thinking of their position, but it's not your responsibility to stick with them because you don't think they can find someone else. Okay. Tip number two. <laughs> things to do when a crisis hits. Accept the fact that things are going to look different from now on. They just are. It will never go back to the way it was before. Maybe it will in a lot of sense, senses. Maybe things will be restored eventually. Um, but you will not be the same you that you were before whatever this crisis is hit. Accept the fact that things will be different and that the path 
to the new normal is not necessarily going to be straightforward. You're going to have more demands placed on you outside of the work context, and you're going to have less margin to deal with them. And so that means you'll need more space and less pressure. You will need to be able to give yourself more breaks. You will need to be able to take things off of your plate tomorrow that you were fine to have on your plate yesterday. Or that you thought you were fine to have on your plate yesterday, but then you realize that everything is falling apart. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to address this from both perspectives of we have just begun the crisis and now we are coming out of the crisis. There, There are two different places. But no matter what, things are going to look different. If you're going into survival mode, it's going to look different than it was before you were in survival mode. If you are in cleanup mode, your business is going to look different than it was before everything blew up. It just is. And different doesn't necessarily mean worse. And it doesn't necessarily mean better. um, But it is going to be different. It will never be the same. It cannot go back. You can't. What is that? phrase. You can't unring that bell. (laughs) The bell has rung. And so now what are we going to do with it? The third thing is to let go of everything that is not absolutely mission critical. You've already assessed the situation. You've decided what you need for survival. You have taken stock of what your limitations are. You have accepted that things are going to look different. And now it's time to think about what you need to carry with you into the future and what needs to be put down either temporarily or permanently let go of everything that is not absolutely critical if social if content marketing is part of what you do um, but it only accounts for maybe 10 percent of your leads or it doesn't account for any of your leads content marketing needs to go and if you go silent on social media then you go silent on social media if that's not a major part of your actual revenue generation, for example. Um, If you send a newsletter or you run a group or you, I don't know, if you volunteer somewhere, you may need to pull back because those things are not money-making, if they are not money-making, right? And you need money in the crisis, for example. Um... You, you need to know what, you know, what, what do you need for survival? Survival is the mission. And let go of everything that does not help you survive. All the extras, all the would-be-nices, all the shoulds, let those go and focus on things that have a direct connection to the things that will enable you to survive. For most of us, that means revenue. That means client work. The fourth thing to keep in mind is that when you are making big moves, and often you do need to make big moves when you are in a crisis, um, when you are making those big moves, you need to make them from a place of confidence, or if you are lacking confidence, then a place of determination of, I will do this, I will figure this out. I don't even know how, but I'm gonna do it. And you cannot make big moves from a place of desperation. There's a big difference between I have to, I will, and I'm desperate. Oh, God, please save me. I need this job. You know, uh, please hire me. Please hire me. (laughs) People 
don't want to work with desperation. And people can usually sense when you're desperate, when you need something from them. People don't want to be needed in that way. So when you feel yourself slipping into panic or despair or, I don't know, panic or despair, I guess those are the big ones. When you feel yourself getting there, pull it together. (laughs) Figure out what you need to tell yourself to get out of that place of, oh my God, I'm drowning and into, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. If you can get into that place of confidence, of that determination, which again, doesn't necessarily mean you have all the answers, but you are sure that you will figure them out. You are sure that you will get through this no matter what. And you have your own back and you're going to get it. (laughs) You're going to figure it out or you're going to clean it up nicely. You're going to do a good job, whether you're continuing or you're closing up shop or whatever. That's a position of strength, and that is a position of clarity, even when you have question marks. Whereas desperation and begging, that is not a position of strength. Um, That is not how you are going to see yourself through this crisis. That's not to say that you can't have moments of desperation and whatever, but if you are operating out of a sense of desperation, it's going to be a real challenge to get anyone to to buy into what you're doing because you're desperate right you don't know if it's going to work but even if you have to pretend you know fake it till you make it you have to act confident if you're going to have any hope of of making it i guess that's all i mean to say there and then finally This is the last thing on my list of five things to do when a crisis hits, but it's one of the most important. It's last but not least, I guess you could say, and that is to get support. No matter where you are on the timeline, get support. Get support in the beginning. Say, I'm facing this thing and I am freaking out and I need help. Get support in the middle when maybe you had a boost of support, but then everyone, you know, stopped checking on you because it's been a while. Maybe they forgot or maybe they thought you were doing okay so you didn't need the extra support. I've had to do that. Um, I've had to reach out to people who have, um, you know, sent me referrals and whatnot um, and and just say, hey, I really appreciated when you connected me with so-and-so. Let me know if you know anyone else who could use my help. Again, you don't have to be begging. You don't have to be desperate. (laughs) But get support. Ask for help. If if everything is laying in your feet in pieces and you don't know what to do, the best thing you can do is invite somebody in to help you. You don't have to do this alone. It's really hard to navigate a crisis all by yourself because you, you have your feelings and you have your circumstances and then you have all your feelings about the circumstances and your feelings about your feelings. And that's a lot of stuff in your head. And it's hard to see straight. So inviting someone in, asking for their help, asking for their opinion. Or or buying support, even if it's like ordering meal plans 
or food delivery services or hiring someone to clean your house because you're really tired and you need to spend time doing other stuff. I don't know. Ask for support. Pay for support if you're able to. Whatever you do, make sure that you get support and that you're not alone because it's so easy when you go into crisis mode to get isolated and to close the shades and to just disappear and try to weather it and act like everything is fine and no one needs to know. And all of that maybe is possible, but it's not the healthiest. It's not the thing that will get you through the best, the best way. The most effective way, the way that is most likely to lead to good outcomes. It's hard to get ourselves to good outcomes alone. So ask for help, no matter where you are in the journey. Kind of a downer, <laughs> but very real. Um, this, These are the things that I've had to think about multiple times in my business, like I've said. There were times when personal life crises hit. There were times when like a health crisis hit. There were times, there was one time I was pregnant with my second child and 90% of my client load disappeared within the span of about four days, I think. I went from making plenty of money for us to survive, aside, you know, apart from whatever my husband was doing, to having basically nothing in the forecast and there was a baby on the way <laughs> so I've been in that kind of crisis um, I've had moves I've had divorces I've had um, family members affected by addiction that turned everything upside down I've had you know I've had it all I've had children who were sick not extended chronic illness or major hospitalizations and things like that but you know, I, I faced a lot of crises and these I think are the five things that have helped me the most. So I hope that they will help you when you face your own time of challenge. I don't wish crises upon anyone, but I do know that they happen and they happen to all of us and that they are survivable and that I'm here for you. So the best way to connect with me is to come into the Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group for freelance writers or people who are interested in becoming freelance writers. It's called the Inkwell Guild, and I invite you to come and join us. Um, there's a really nice, supportive group in there, and we'd love to have you be a part of it. So you can search for the Inkwell Guild on Facebook, or you can go to theinkwellguild.com, and we'll see you there. Okay, so tell me, do you need more writing clients? If you do, then I challenge you to stop getting ready to get ready and start taking the real action steps that booked out writers take every single day to find, reach, and impress their ideal clients so that you can finally have the writing career of your dreams. And I encourage you to do so with Booked Out Writer, my newest course. Booked Out Writer is the everything you need and nothing you don't course for freelance writers who want to skip the low paying work and start making good money with great clients now. Whether you have five hours a week to devote to this or you're ready to go full time, Booked Out Writer is perfect for establishing yourself as an in-demand go-to writer. Learn more at bookedoutwriter.com.